Amen. Amen. Please take your seats. And if you have your Bibles or a smartphone, uh, we may even have this on the screen, although I was going to do it a bit later, but I'm going to read the passage at the beginning this morning. This is from Romans chapter 12, and we are starting in verse 3. So if you have a Bible or a smartphone, you can look that up. Romans 12, starting at verse 3. This is what Paul writes to the church, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. That's a good word for Vision Sunday. For just as each of us have one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. You belong to each other. This is not an individual thing. This is a community of faith. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And in those few verses, Paul has pretty much described nearly all the activities of the local church. But how we go about it is really important. So Paul writes, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. And regardless of your gifts, friends, those things apply to every member of the body of Christ. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse, rejoice with those who rejoice Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Now, I don't have this on the screen, but the last verse, 21. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for this passage of Scripture, and for what we get to do today together in your house. We get to look at what we're about, talk and pray together about where you're leading us, and to celebrate the things that you have been doing among us already. I thank you for the fabulous time we've had in your presence already today, and I pray that as we look at your Word, as we think about what it means for us to be your church here and now, that you'd inspire us and help us, Lord Jesus, to know how to enter in, each one of us, according to the grace and the gifts that we've been given. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning is Vision Sunday, and I'm going to revisit some of our vision with you this morning, not all of it. I'm going to give you an update on how we're tracking so far, and hopefully give you a sense of where we're headed in the coming year and in the future. Now, at the end of last year, I sent around a Christmas letter which I'm sure all of you read, um, and okay, it was sent on Christmas Eve, so I'll forgive you if you missed it, 
Uh, if you didn't manage to read it, I won't take that personally. And we've had a number of people join us since then who probably haven't read it. So what I want to do is just revisit that for a moment because in that letter I expressed a lot of what I am thankful for over 2022 and some of what I'm looking forward to for 2023. Let me first say, however, that a vision is not some kind of magic formula that will guarantee our success, right? Just having a vision doesn't mean we're going to unify around it and achieve it. A vision is simply a way of articulating a hoped-for future. That's all it is. A vision is just a way of articulating a hoped-for future, what we'd love to see God do among us as we walk with Him, okay? Now, that comes out of much prayer and discernment and wrestling and looking at Scripture and talking, and we, we did a lot of that in the process of putting the vision together. We spoke with many leaders across our church, small group leaders, leaders of ministries, the elders and the staff prayed together. We wrestled with Scripture, and what we ended up coming up with was the outcome of all of that discernment process. So as we look ahead, however, the key question that I've wrestled with through all of this is what kind of church do we want to become? And what I mean by that is not what will we do, but who are we becoming in the process of what we're doing, right? So what kind of people are we becoming in our life together as a family? How will we embody the, the life of the kingdom of God and of Jesus together? How will we look increasingly like Jesus as we journey forward? Um, and we know that every church is called to love God and to love our neighbors and to make disciples, right? Every church at every point in history has received that command from Jesus. We don't need to say that again. It's very clear. Love God, love your neighbors, make disciples. That in a nutshell is the purpose of the church. So if we can do those three things well, we'll have achieved our purpose. But each church at each time and place in history has to wrestle through what it looks like. Given the challenges that we face in our own culture, what does it look like for us to love God well and to love our neighbors well, and how do we make disciples given the cultural context that we're in? These are the things the church has to wrestle with. They're not the same throughout all of history. The methods we use, the way that we go about things need to adapt depending on what's going on around us. The vision, the mission is the same, but our process, our methods need to change. And so the question is, what are we going to do in our time and place with the resources that God has given us? What are the dimensions of the kingdom that we're called to inhabit together as we follow Jesus? That's what we've aimed to express in our vision. And friends, we cannot be every church and we cannot do everything. Although, as you've seen already, we do a lot. Uh, but we can't be every church. You know, we can't be every other church in Melbourne. We can't be doing everything that every other church in the city or around the world is doing. We have to narrow down on what it is we feel God has called us to be about. Okay? Uh, and so that's what we're pressing into. That's what our vision is about. We've put significant emphasis on the values that we want to embody as we journey together, because I think those values will shape the outcomes. I think being needs to become, come before doing, right? Being comes before doing. Identity frames action. Let me say that again. Being comes before doing, and identity frames action. Who are we becoming as we follow Jesus together? Our vision is an expression of that. 
But let me go back to what I wrote in the letter. Uh, I started with a quote from Brian Zand's excellent book, The Anticipated Christ, which I have on the screen. He writes this, ours is a secular age. The sacred is pushed to the periphery. To keep the sacred at the center of our lives is a heroic act of defiance. To be a religious person in an irreligious world may be the last act of rebellion. I advocate such rebellion. I reject the trite aphorism, I'm spiritual but not religious. Of course I'm spiritual, we all are, but I'm also religious, or at least I seek to be. Amorphous spirituality too easily becomes little more than a mood with a sprinkling of wellness techniques. I need something more rigorous, something more deeply rooted, something that draws upon the deep wells of ancient wisdom and practice. The sacred has been pushed to the periphery. Does anyone know what I'm talking about or what Brian's talking about? Do you feel that in your own life, in the culture that we live in? The sacred has been pushed to the periphery. So perhaps, dear friend, it is time, as Brian says, to incite a rebellion. And maybe that's, that needs to be our vision statement. It's time to incite a rebellion. Now, I don't mean that in some kind of culture war sense. But, friends, in the battleground of our souls, we must take care every day to put on the armor of God and to keep what is sacred and eternal at the center of our lives. We looked at this from Philippians 4. Whatever is good, whatever is true, whatever is beautiful, whatever is lovely, whatever is praiseworthy, think about such things. Keep the sacred and the eternal and the transcendent at the center of your life. Living in a secular culture like we do, driven by the imminent and the immediate, we need to be people who remind each other, friends, and who help each other to live into that which is sacred, which is transcendent, and which is eternal. Um, and those things then will lead us, I believe, to love and peace. We need to be women and men that are determined to lay hold of the kingdom of God and its king, uh, and that means ensuring that we are inhabiting practices together that reawaken and inspire in each other love of God and neighbor, yes, and the call to live into the profound mystery of the gospel. This is our story. The gospel is our story, the good news of salvation. And we will not stop preaching the good news of salvation because it is the power of God to change lives and to change our world. So what am I hoping for? Next slide, it's my prayer that this will be a year for all of us of both deep encounter with God, of discovering the riches of the kingdom, and fruitfulness in our call to make disciples. This is really, a, in, in a nutshell, the heart of what I've been praying for, that this will be a year for all of us of deep encounter with God, of discovering the riches of the kingdom, uh, and fruitfulness in our call to make disciples. Uh, but let's just reflect for a minute on last year, which kind of felt like my first real year as the senior minister here at One, not going in and out of lockdowns. Actually got like a full year to lead here. Um, and there's so much that happened and so much to be thankful for. And Linda's actually mentioned many of these already in um, reference to the various ways that you can serve around this place. But let me just rehearse these really fast. Here's a brief list, not everything that we looked at and saw and God did among us last year. We ran two Alpha courses that saw several new disciples join the family of Jesus or recommit their lives to Jesus. 
And that's something we're going to continue to do this year. In fact, we've already got one starting right now. The Youth Alpha is running on Sunday mornings. Uh, we baptize six adults and teenagers, and there are several more being baptized next week. We can praise God for that. Uh, we raised over $82,000 for our One Care Appeal. Praise the Lord. Let's just give our thanks to God for that. An amazing result. And always a highlight, we dedicated loads of new babies around the church. We're being very fruitful and multiplying. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, we, sadly, we farewelled some staff, but we welcomed some new members to the team. Um, we've already mentioned these, but Jess Hammond in our worship ministry, Jesse Morgan and Liam Jarrett in our youth ministry, and we're so thankful that Jazz Coughlin has now started in our One Care, uh, sorry, our Primary Age One Kids, and Anna Terrington, who came on staff to help us lead mainly music. So thanks to God for all of those guys. Amen. Uh, we've welcomed many new families and individuals into the life of our church. In fact, we were just looking at numbers uh, in the last couple of weeks, and we're running at about 150 more folks at this time now than we were this time last year. So we've, at, we've grown by about 150 people, which is awesome. Um, a large cohort of our teens and young adults went to SYG for the first time in two years, and we won. I know it's not a competition, but hey, uh, we had an awesome missions month um, with Choi and Alma joining us. It was so wonderful to meet those guys. Praise God for that. Uh, we preached through the entire book of Revelation. What an incredible journey that was. I think you're all still recovering. I say, hey, did you like the Revelation series? And people just sort of start, you know, twitching a little bit. All the beasts and dragons and etc. Hey, we launched our new vision, which is what we're talking about this morning, and articulated our four core values, which I'm going to return to in just a minute. Uh, we started our coffee cart ministry, which is to raise funds for One Care, and let's be honest, to keep us all happily caffeinated on a Sunday morning. That's awesome. Uh, we established child safety protocols, which was a huge endeavor, and we led over 250 of our volunteers across the church through that child safety training. That was a massive undertaking, but so, 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 so important. Are you with me? We want to make sure this church is a safe place for children to be raised in the love of Jesus. That is our goal. We want children to be safe here. Uh, we were joined for a fabulous week of ministry in the spirit with Bob and Gracie Eckblad. I don't know if you remember that. That was, seems like a long time ago. Uh, our worship team grew significantly. We've added many new musicians and worship leaders and people in our tech team. That's amazing. Uh, we met in various homes across 33 small groups of various ages and stages. And I think already this year, Linda, we've had to create a few new ones to try and accommodate the growth. And by the way, Linda is doing an amazing job trying to be our church matchmaker. <laughs> now, I'm not talking about get people married, I'm talking about getting people into small groups. It is a massive undertaking to get someone to find a small group that they feel at home in. Isn't it, Linda? Yes, we've talked about this. So huge thanks to Linda for the work she does to help all of us find a home outside of what happens on a Sunday. Uh, we established a new Sunday prayer ministry team, which has been up, up and running. Huge thanks to Kathy for the work she's done to train our leaders, our prayer team. It's been amazing. We've also got a, a group of folks who meet here, I think every week, for intercessory prayer on a Wednesday. So if you're interested in intercession, praying for our church, praying with others, you'd be welcome to come and join in on that. Uh, we had an awesome light party. 
that reached out to a whole bunch of local families. Uh, mainly music ministry has grown significantly. We continue to support children at Blackburn Primary School through Kids Hope and the Breakfast Club and various other things that we're doing. Uh, we continue to support people in need through the food pantry and all kinds of other One Care ministries. And by the way, uh, Feed Kids program, which we're running right now, last year we raised over $21,000 for children in the Philippines. In addition to the 82000 we raised for One Care Ministries in general, and that is in addition to the fact that we managed to finish last, uh, last year, last calendar year, in a healthy financial position. We exceeded our budgetary income, so the church is financially healthy, and we are giving generously, and that is thanks to you and to your generosity. So bless you. Let's give the Lord a round of applause for that. And in terms of what we're pressing into this year, really quickly, um, because of the various kinds of growth we've experienced already this year, we have seen growth in our One Kids ministry, in youth and young adults, midweek programs, on our Sunday gatherings as well. We've had to put more chairs out. Uh, we're encouraging people to kind of fill this front space. So please, if you're comfortable sitting at the front, we'd love you to have, ha we'd love to host you here because it seems like no one wants to sit in the splash zone. I don't know why, but you want to sit in the splash zone. Um, we are preparing to begin a new midweek English language conversation group to try and connect with our non-English speaking community around us. Uh, we're running Youth Alpha on Sunday mornings, as we said, and we're going to be running Alpha again later in the year, and we're beginning to form a team around that. If you love Alpha, please get involved. Uh, the Leadership Institute that we talked about last year is on its way. We've pushed it back a little bit. It'll be starting in the mid-year, but that's coming, and I'm really excited about that. Jesse has started a leadership program for our Year 13s, so they're meeting weekly to develop their leadership skills. That's amazing. We're investing in our school leavers before they go into all the other things that they'll be involved in, university and ministry. Uh, we're trying to help establish them in their leadership. Claire is forming great leadership and vision around our young adults. We'll be running marriage course again this year and a parenting course as well. Men's and women's groups, Men's Mondays, Girls' Night In, they're running. We've seen growth in our encore ministry. Uh, Dawn Penny is running, a, I think it's a monthly worship service. Is it monthly, Rog? Yes with our seniors uh, for morning tea and to sing together, that's awesome. Aidan has been hard at work enhancing our digital ministry and outreach. Uh, we've got more people joining small groups, as we said. Uh, we've been running encounter nights for people to grow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we've also been trying to press into the, the rhythms of the church year, the rhythms of the church calendar. And I was just reflecting on that this morning that it's wonderful that we're part of a church where uh, at the beginning of Lent, you can go to a liturgical Ash Wednesday service, get the ashes marked on your forehead, and the following Monday night, you can go to an encounter night where you can learn about the gifts of speaking in tongues and prophecy and hearing God's voice. I just want to reflect on that for a minute because what we're trying to say by that is actually, it's not an either or. As the body of Christ, we can actually draw from the best of what the church is, the sacramental stream, the evangelical stream, you know, good Bible teaching and outreach, and the charismatic, learning to grow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I think a healthy church is one that is trying to bring all of those three things together. We're not saying it's all this or all that, but it's all of it together. And we'll express that in our own way. So yes, as part of this church, we want to be discovering and learning some of the sacramental traditions that have shaped many other Christian communities, but also the power of the Holy Spirit, good Bible teaching, 
and outreach, making disciples, reaching people in our community with the love of Jesus. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. And Kathy's now been training some 25 prayer team ministers, I think, and always room for more. So she's running those uh, on a fairly regular, about every six weeks, once a month now, actually. Awesome. And I'm sorry if I've missed something. I can't be exhaustive. That is really even just a taste of what we've got going on around here. These are all signs, friends, of the Spirit of God at work among us. But as important as all those ministries and activities are, what is even more important is that we were the church. What do I mean by that? We met together to worship. We met together to receive from the Word of God. We broke bread together. We remembered the body and blood of Jesus. We sang together, we fellowshiped together, we supported each other, we prayed for each other, we served each other and our community. And that's really what it's all about, isn't it? You know, the programs will come and go, the activities will come and go, each year we'll be doing different things. The most important thing is that we are being equipped to be the body of Christ in the world, for each other and for those around us. That's at the heart of our vision. And most of that isn't public, by the way. It's not a program, right? It's just the life of the church as we follow Jesus together in the power of the Spirit. And it's all of you, as disciples of Jesus, trying to keep the sacred at the center of your lives and helping other people to do the same thing, helping each other. And so I want to say a huge thank you to all of you, our members, our volunteers, our staff, our elders, praying friends here uh, that live here and also those around the world for what God is doing among us. Let's all just stand and give thanks to God for what He's doing among us. If you just open up your hands for a moment, close your eyes and let's say, Lord Jesus, we thank You that You are determined that among us you will glorify yourself. And that's our heart as well, Lord Jesus. Help us as your body to glorify you, to love you, to love one another, and to make disciples. Give us what we need to do those things well. And we thank you, Lord, for all that you are doing and all that you're going to continue to do among us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Now, I've been around church leadership long enough to know that a busy church an active church, a church where there's lots of ministry happening, does not equal a healthy church. Are you with me? Just because a church is busy and active doesn't mean it's healthy. So the question I want to ask is, are we a healthy church? And how would we know? What are the signs we'd be looking for? And this is where if we go back to Romans 12, if we can just put that on the screen, I won't read it again, but we'll just scroll through it as I speak here. Um, Paul provides us, I think, here with one of the clearest pictures we have in the New Testament of what a healthy church is supposed to look like. Um, and the title that's given in my Bible for this passage is Humble Service in the Body of Christ. Humble Service in the Body of Christ. And if you recall our Philippians series, we talked about this, yeah? That humility was at the very center of Jesus' ministry and life. In Philippians 2, Paul says that in your relationships with one another, can anyone finish this sentence? In your relationships with one another, have the same attitude of mind that Christ Jesus had, who, even though he was God, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to use to his own advantage, but made himself nothing, taking on the very character of a servant. So Jesus demonstrates what it looks like. 
that we would be humble and we would serve one another in love. And that's what Paul, I think, builds on in Romans 12 uh, when he speaks about all of these different things that the church should be about and the church should be doing. What is Paul's vision for a healthy church? One where we serve one another in love, where we discover our gifts and we use them for the benefit of everyone, where we practice hospitality, we open our lives and our resources to one another, we keep our spiritual fervor, you know, our spiritual passion in the Spirit, we keep that alive, filled with the Spirit as we serve God, we care about each other, like we actually care about each other. We pray for each other, we carry one another's burdens, we don't fight for position or recognition, but we honor each other according to the gifts that God has given us, we use those well. Love, this is love in action, this is what Jesus looks like, and so this is what we're called to look like as well. Okay, Now, I think if we can do those things, no small task, we'll be a healthy community. And I think we'll see God do amazing things among us. We are already seeing God do amazing things among us. And I'm encouraged as I read that passage, I see lots of evidence of that going on across the life of our church in all kinds of ways. Like I said before, you, if you just look at our public ministry, that tells you one story. But if you also look at what goes on behind the scenes, the past, the hours, the hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of hours of pastoral care that have been offered to one another, not by the staff necessarily, but by each of you as you've walked with each other, that really means something. The commitment to prayer, every week we send out a prayer newsletter and people across our church pray for those in need. The fact that you're willing to open your wallets to give to important things that won't necessarily benefit you, but will benefit other people greatly, are signs of this same health. So I think we do see signs of Romans 12 all over the life of our church, and I'm so encouraged by that. But we still have room to grow. Well, I do anyway. Maybe you do too. Maybe turn to the person next to you and say, you got some growing room? Much of what we're called to, Romans 12 calls us to, can't be delegated to staff or leadership, right? It is just the work of the body of Christ. Um, and it comes by the Spirit as we follow Jesus and He sanctifies us in love as we try to live in obedience to His Word. Now, as we've meditated on Romans 12 and a number of other key passages throughout the Scriptures that tell us what it means to be the church, we've tried to express these through four key values that we came up with that we shared last year. And by the way, if you want more detail about all of the, the, the vision and the strategic plan that goes along with that, we have copies of this available in the foyer uh, at reception. And you can also read this online. We have this on our website as well. So dig into that. I'm not going to go through all of that again this morning, and I'm running out of time as it is anyway. But I want to just quickly address our four key values. This is what we're hoping to become as we follow Jesus together. And for me, for me, the values are the vision, right? The, the, the values that we're expressing here are the vision of our church. This is what we're aiming for, aiming to become. First one is we want to be, if we could just go to the slide, that one there. If you look down the left-hand side, we've got our four key values, and on the, the rest of the table kind of expresses how we want to live those out over 90 days, one year, three years, and five years. You can read all about that in this book. But we want to be a renewed humanity. And that really is the expression of Romans 12. That's a multi-ethnic, multi-generational community 
where we're discovering our gifts, using them for the benefit of one another, displaying the rich unity and diversity of the body of Christ as we grow together in love. We want to be a people of the Holy Spirit, growing in the gifts of the Spirit and in the Word of God. So it's both Word and Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit for ministry and deepening our faith as we discover what God has said to His church through the Scriptures and also discovering these rhythms of the church year that I was talking about before. So we want to be a community growing in the gifts of the Spirit and empower for ministry and service. We want to be a church of disciple makers, equipped to make disciples in all our spheres of influence, in your workplace, in your schools, in your families, online and around the world. We hope that that will be the outcome, the fruit of our work together. And we want to be a priesthood of all believers. For, for me, this is so essential. And that is a commitment to growing servant leaders who will take the gifts that God has given them and not just use them within the context of the church, but take what God has given them into the world and follow Jesus there and bring the best of themselves to the culture, to serve the culture and to serve people around us, to be, to use the language of the scriptures, a royal priesthood and ambassadors of God. Amen? A royal priesthood and ambassadors of God. So for me, those four things describe and summarize what we're aiming for together as a church. Let me put it like this, next slide. One is called to be a multi-ethnic, multi-generational community, growing and serving together in love and the gifts and power of the Holy Spirit, equipped to make disciples and sending servant leaders to partner with Jesus in every dimension of culture. That's the kind of vision summary. That's what we're aiming for together. And we have a number of phases to that over the next several years. We've articulated on that table we saw just before. Now, I'm conscious that we senior ministers get very excited about all of these things, but the reality is something kind of like this. Next slide. It's very true, isn't it? You're all laughing. You know, you know, I know. Goodness. However, I am encouraged by the fact that the image on the right reminds me kind of of the early church. They didn't have a lot, didn't have a lot of resource, but you know what? They had each other and they had the power of the Holy Spirit and they had the good news of the gospel and that was enough. And look at what has been born in the world out of that. We're here this morning because of those faithful disciples who served Jesus sacrificially in the beginning. And who knows, who knows, friends, what we may lay down as a foundation for those who will come after us in the future. It may, we may not see the, the fruit of what we're doing right now, but there'll be children, your children and your children's children, and people who come to faith in 10, 20, 30 years' time that are the result of what we are doing today. We don't, can't change the past. We don't know what's going to happen in the future, but today is the day that the Lord has made. So we will rejoice and be glad in it. We'll give the best of ourselves in this moment because that is all we have. Are you with me? So can I predict the future? No. Is this a guarantee we're going to achieve everything we're setting out to? No, absolutely not. But you know what? If we follow the Spirit of God, if we try to love each other well, if we keep proclaiming the good news, the outcome will be good. Are you with me? I was listening to a song in the car this morning which had this refrain, all things will be well, all manner of things will be well. And you know what? In the kingdom of God, that is the truth. So we don't need to stress out about what's going to happen next year or the year after. We can just trust in the one who is leading us moment by moment. Thank you, Jesus, that you're with us all the way. I want to finish just quickly with a brief, I guess, 
um, scorecard on how we're doing so far. Are you with me? Very quickly, we said um, when we reached about year one that this is in this vision document, you can read this. When we reached year one, we would be a church that is more focused, joyful, creative, learning to walk in the spirit, new seekers engaging with us at various stages of the, the, the discipleship journey, and we'll have Alpha running twice per year with a growing leadership team and ownership by the whole church. That was one of the first key goals that we thought we'd achieve by year one. And I can say, yes, we're pretty close to that. Amen. Number two, we will have equipped our small group leaders and provided them with the tools they need to, to lead well for success. And this will be supported by a suite of online training and digital resources. We're not quite there yet, um, but we are definitely on the way. We are developing resources. We're starting to think uh, as we produce sermon series, how can we equip our small group leaders to teach this material? And we'll be providing online support for that. So we're not quite there yet, but we're on the way. Number three, we'd have completed the development phase of our Leadership Institute and recruited a team of, of wise and mature mentors. We're ready to start a first cohort of young adults on an exciting journey of spiritual formation. That is definitely coming. We have been doing a lot of background work, getting that ready. That'll be coming in the middle of the year, which I am very excited about. We also said we'd have a strong team of prayer ministers and have run several prayer and ministry events, including things like encounter nights, and we'd have a growing understanding that prayer ministry is a normal part of what we do as a church. And I can say that, yes, we are definitely on the way to that. And that's a huge thanks to Kathy and our prayer team who've been involved in getting all of that going. Uh, we'll be ensuring that our ministry includes people from a diversity of ethnicities and all generations. We'll be committed to learning how to be more welcoming and inclusive in our church and leadership. Well, we're on the way, but I will say we're probably not where we need to be on that, in that regard. Uh, we haven't really engaged that well with our community around us, particularly the new ethnic communities that are living around us, and I'm not sure that it's reflected in our leadership yet, but it is a priority for us. We are pressing forward in that. We're still way too Anglo. Most of the community around us don't look like us anymore, so we need to pray about that and seek ways that we can reach the community around us. Are you with me? Amen. Amen. And by the way, if you have ideas to help us with that, I would love to hear them because honestly, I don't know how to do this. Number six, there'll be a sense of hope and excitement for the future and a growing alignment in our church and unity around our vision. Our giving and attendance will reflect this sense of hope and growth. And I think I can say yes and amen to that. I'm with Paul here. Not that we've already achieved all this or are already perfected, but we press on that we may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of us. Brothers and sisters, one thing I do, Philippians 3, forgetting those things which are behind and straining forward to those things that are ahead, I press on toward the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's my prayer for us. And I believe God is at work among us. We are seeing fruit in all kinds of different ways. There's still lots of work to do, um, and there's lots of ways that you can get involved. So uh, straight after the service this morning, please go and check out our various Serve Sunday tables. Talk to someone, figure out where you might want to get involved if you aren't already. And if you are involved in serving, a huge thank you to you. You make this place what it is, and it's wonderful. And it's been such a joy for me to be here over the last couple of years, and I'm really looking forward to what God is preparing for us as we follow him together in the future. Let's stand.
And let me pray, and I'm going to invite the band to come on up. They're going to lead us in one last song. Lord, we thank you for all that you are doing among us. We thank you that in so many ways we can look at all these things and go, that is truly a sign that the Spirit of God is at work because there's no way we could have achieved that. And that is wonderful because then we can look back and we can say, we can't boast, but we can give glory to God. Not that I can boast, but I can give glory to God. This is not my work, but look what he has done. Yes, we've been involved. Yes, we've been his hands and feet. Yes, we've been his mouth and his heart and his body. But all of the energy, all of the impetus, all of the power, all of the creativity flows into us by the Spirit of God. So I just want to pray for us all right now. If we could just raise our hands to the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, come and fill each person here with your presence and with your power. And I pray that in this journey ahead that you have laid out for us, that each person in this room will discover their gifts, find the right place to use those, that you might be glorified, that they might be full of joy in the service, that they're working in ways that make sense and are true to their, their nature, true to how you've made them to be. And Lord, together we'll grow in unity and we'll achieve so much more than we could have ever possibly asked or imagined according to his power that is at work within us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Thank you, friends.